Today on the We Invested podcast, we have Vez Mees, and he is the founder of Naki Group and NakiTokens.com. Vez, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, thank you so much for joining. And I, I think you, you guys are uh, building and creating something very interesting that I'm definitely excited to learn more about. Yeah, yeah. We're working on something quite exciting. So I'm actually looking forward to it myself. Awesome, man. Awesome. And before we get started, would you mind letting people know how they can find you on social media or the Internet? Our website, you can find us at NikeTokens.com. Uh, Twitter is at Nike Group RE. Uh, Facebook, Nike Group. Uh, YouTube, Nike Group. Nice, and that's nice. N-A-K-I. Awesome, man. So let's just start from the top, man, and talk a little bit about, you know, where you're from and where you grew up. Okay. Uh, I was actually born in uh, in Cambodia, uh, but grew up in Seattle. So grew up there most of my life. And then um, about 11 years ago, moved back here to Cambodia and uh, you've got two real estate investments over here. Yeah, man. Seattle is a beautiful place. I used to live um, right downtown. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember what pier it was, but it was right across from my Ivars and like the Ferris wheel. Uh, I lived down oh. there for about nine months, man. So I, I, I love Seattle. It was like a beautiful place. It's beautiful. I miss the greenery out there. Yeah, man. So, you know, what made you want to move back to uh, Cambodia after spending some time in Seattle? Um, it, it was just the opportunity. Uh, my, my dad started coming back since 1993, uh, going back and forth. So, you know, given that Cambodia was had a had a, the Civil War, 75 to 79. So, you know, early 80s, it started to rebuild itself. Um, so as time goes by, you know, opportunities coming up. It's a developing country. Um, so then one day my dad just like say, hey, you should come check it out. Um, so I did. My first time back was in 2001. And ever since then, I came back almost yearly and then finally made it permanent in uh, 2011. Nice, man. So, I mean, how was that transition for you? Um, you know, just moving back to, to your home country and then kind of seeing it developing and seeing it, I guess, kind of grow from the ground up. It, it was definitely a trip because, you know, growing up in the States, it's it's a you know very developed country and then come back here where it's just starting up. So you can say like it's back to the future. The things that we've seen in the States were just starting to show up here. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that that was that opportunity um you know we, we were just like the internet itself dial up was starting here when we were you know having high speed over there already um so that in itself is just uh you know just seeing things grow and progress over time exactly man and i, I feel like it, it would help to have a an optimistic outlook on life and like a positive mindset because you know just to be able to see the opportunity in that and not think like oh man i have to go back home but it's like I get to, I get the chance to go back home and create and build something new and start something new. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was a chance to help contribute um, to to the home country, um, taking what I've learned in the states, and then bring it back here and providing jobs. Um, so, you know, that was one of the reasons why it came. Just contribute somehow, some way to help this country grow. That's awesome, man. I mean, and, and what's that feeling like? Just getting the chance to actually. Uh, you know, have a positive impact on, on your country and, and just, uh, you know, being able to help the people around you. Yeah, I, I feel blessed uh, given that, 
you know, my, my family had the fa- chance to migrate um, uh, to the States and give me that chance at life, you know, like both of my parents lived through the killing fields and they survived that, uh, you know, they almost died a number of times, but they made it. Wow. So, you know, given a chance to to grow up over there, to get the education I got, to get the work experience I got, like I'm just blessed. So it's, you know, I, I do feel lucky. I do feel honored that I can come back here and, you know, provide that chance for other people, you know, to create jobs for other people, get people that chance to grow and work together and to, you know, share the experience, you know, mine from the States and theirs locally. Cause, you know, even for me, I can learn from, uh, from people here just the culture, just the language. Um, you know, I, I lost some of that growing up over there. Um, but, you know, being here, I got to learn all of it back. Nice, man. That's awesome. So, you know, let's just kind of focus a little bit on the company that you're creating currently. Um, and, you know, what I want to ask is, what is Naki Group and NakiTokens.com? Well, Naki Group, I started back here in 2013, and we were... Uh, initially a property management company. Uh, then over time, we we got into real estate development. Um, so we built our company around around real estate. So it's development, uh, the property management, sales and leasing, and the hospitality side of it. Um, so, was, you know, our first project was in 2014 uh, called Silvertown Metropolitan, which is a 111 uh, condominium uh, building. Uh, and then we went on to do a 84 unit landed property, like your, your single family residence. And then um, recently we partnered up with the developer from China to build Agile Sky Residence, which is 963 units uh, condominium. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the Nike tokens is uh, basically we're just trying to embrace a new technology to what we do. Um, you know, with real estate, traditionally you raise funds with shareholders or private money or the REITs. Um, uh, then um, I was talking to a friend of mine um, who introduced to another friend were telling me about token, which is like, hey, you know, you want to liquidate some of your units using tokens. So this whole world was new to me. Um, we spent over a year learning about it, discussing it, uh, getting it set up, and uh, never close to launching it. How do you prepare yourself to, uh, you know, work on these huge developments you know from 111 uh condos to what'd you say 963 um buildings and like how do you just prepare yourself mentally to uh, take on a task this large it's, it's definitely about having a, a team from having a, a vision and then understanding what the needs are uh, you know back then if you look up to the sky there were you know barely any skyscrapers uh, but within that five years, it, it's just everywhere you look now are skyscrapers. So that's how fast things were, were taken off here. Uh, so there was a demand, there was a need. And, you know, you go through your your normal business analysis. What what needs are there? How can you fulfill that need? How can we benefit, in, uh, you know, economically and how do people benefit from it? So it's just starting to make sure it was a win-win type development for everyone involved. What would you say are some of the opportunities um, or what opportunities does an asset back asset back token provide to its investors? Well, what it provides is that, you know, you, you think about traditional uh, investing, you, you, you find a property, you raise the funds and then you build it. 
uh, and these are from your private investors or institutional type funds. Uh, but now with through the token way, yes, we can raise it the same way, but now also by putting on the blockchain, everything is transparent. So everything about the building itself, um, you know, all your, your facts, like how many units, size of the units, listing price values, um, and also the type of revenue is long-term lease, short-term lease, uh, or, or your nightly stay, like the hotel type revenue. So all to become very transparent. So any investor that want to get in will have access to this. They can understand um, the risk, rewards, and type of returns, and it's all automated. So it's a benefit for investors. And as a developer, it's a increase our investor pool and increase our liquidity. So is is this an investment that um, is it specific to a certain country? So can you only be in Cambodia and invest in this? token or how does that work how, like who has access to this investment into these tokens it, it's actually open worldwide um that's why it was important to have a good team uh, to to work on this project uh and for this we worked with the law firm out of new york that got us set up to make sure that you know everything was done legit uh, we've done properly um because it's quite sensitive when you're raising funds and we got to make sure the investors are accredited and they're able to invest so previously it was just everywhere except the U.S., but now accredited U.S. investors can also uh, come in on this. And so when you say accredited investors, what is that? Um, 250000 a year or have $1 million in assets or what are the qualifications for that? Yeah, yeah. so you would go through your KYC process and those are some of the main qualifications. Um, mm -hmm. So ex exactly what you said. Awesome, awesome. I mean, if, you know, what got you interested in real estate like what gave you that spark to say okay i want to i want to make this my career path i kind of want to do this for the next 10 years or maybe even for the rest of my life um you know way way back then i was a, a mortgage officer so you know, that's how i got you know, started learning about real estate seeing people buy and sell properties and doing loans um, you know for, for for home buyers and so that got me interested and also knowing that you know, hey, you know, how did the wealthy people get wealthy? And real estate was always the common factor in there. Um, so, you know, combination of those, those just like, you know, got me, got me very interested in it. So, you know, started flipping houses in the States, um, did that for quite a while. And then eventually got me here to Cambodia to start doing development. Yeah, man. I mean, and just, you know, speaking of being in Cambodia and doing developments, what would you say are some of the benefits and the challenges of investing in Southeast Asia. Uh, some of the challenge was like it, it was it was a new market, so there's certain things that you, you still have to educate people on, uh, such as property management. You know, yes, we can build a building, uh, but what happens afterward? So the operational side is quite important. Um, so you know, things like the property management fees, the sinking funds. Uh, and all that were, were very new. You know, people were questioning, like, hey, why do I need to pay for it if I'm not even staying in it? Because some of the buyers were uh, bought as an investment property. Um, so it, it, it was this basic concept that um, was yet to be understood and practiced. Uh, so that made it a challenge. Um, but otherwise, there were certain things that were actually great, like the permit process. You know, in the States, we're a year and a half out. Where here it could be a matter of months, um, you know, so it, you can get things kicked off a lot faster. Um, 
you know, so it's, and plus you're in a market where it's emerging. There's not, there's, you know, back then there weren't so many competitors. Um, so it's easy to kick off, uh, easier to, to sell and market a property and even to get tenancy, uh, just because it's so new, um, versus like in a state where, you know, downtown Seattle, every other building is, you know, is a condo building. Right. So what is the economy like in Cambodia? Like, is it, are these um, developments affordable to the residents in the in the country and in the cities? Like, is it possible for people to actually live there, or does the economy rely on tourism? How how does it work? Uh, the economy does rely on tourism, but also uh, investors. Um, the fact that the country is growing at a high rate, like pre-COVID time, we were having a growth rate around around seven eight percent. Um, so, you know, a lot of people were, were, were coming in and it's also the ease of doing business in Cambodia. It's, um, it, you know, foreigners can own a company hundred uh, percent. So that was attractive to people. Uh, the capital restriction where it's um, uh, made it also comfortable for people to, to, to bring funds in to invest in Cambodia. Uh, so there are a lot of attractive things and those were the people buying the condominiums um, so they can buy property, you know, and see eight or nine percent returns per year just from rental income uh, so that definitely made it attractive uh, for people to buy the properties and uh if you say it's affordable um yeah to let's say to the expats people coming to work here they, they're able to to afford the property for locals yes um, people had gained their wealth and you know a lot of it through the buying and selling of land uh, land prices have definitely increased over the past several years so that created a lot of new wealth uh, so they're able to buy up uh, many properties and you talk about affordability um, you can find condominiums from 30 40,000 upwards to you know half a million to penthouses in the million dollar range uh, so i would say there's a product for for uh, the mass market man that's incredible so in your opinion how can a new investor get started in real estate today it, it depends on where they're at. Um, I think there's a chance for anyone uh, new or experienced. Um, you know, if even if you have no money, and this is just general talk, uh, not just Cambodia in general, as long as you have that passion for it, you take time to learn about it. There's many ways to to, to go into it, even with zero down. Uh, you know, that old concept, other people's money. So like in the state, you can definitely leverage on that. Um, talk to private investors. To, to come in with the initial down payment. And after that, you can leverage with like a hard money lender whose requirement is definitely not like uh, your traditional bank. So you can get into, let's say $100,000 property with just 10% down, get some loan on it, make your first profit and start saving from there. No, man, I, that's a great piece of advice. Um, it's something very useful. Can you remember um, when you first got involved in real estate, what what your first deal looked like, and, and can you take me through the emotions that you were feeling once you got your first piece of a piece of property and piece of real estate? Yeah, my, my first property was uh, it was actually south of downtown Seattle in the Rainier area. Nice. Um, it was a house built in the 1920s, and it was just like old and and, and needed a lot of work, uh, but. You know, so I got into the deal with actually no money out of pockets because at that time, you know, the 100% financing was available. 
Oh wow! Uh, so qualified for that, and but I remember I was maybe a bit in over my head because I needed a lot of、uh, rehab work. So I started looking for people to just buy it off me and wholesale it.、Uh, so luckily, I did find a group that wanted to take it on and、uh, just flipped it as a wholesale and made my first twenty k. So you know, being a young kid making twenty k, I was definitely you know exciting. Oh yeah, man, one thousand percent. That's incredible. <laughs> you know, make your first twenty twenty k off real estate. I mean, and it's like before you make that amount of money, it seems like. Uh, it seems like out of reach in a way, you know. But then once you do it, you think it's possible. What else can I do? How much? How much more can I make? How much bigger can I go? You know. Yep, yep. That's exactly the feeling. It's like, damn, I made twenty k. Now, how can I repeat this process?、Exactly. So you know, start looking for more deals, start learning about it more, and、um, it just went off from there. But you know, it was def- definitely a trip to be in the mid twenties and making that kind of money. You know, back then twenty k was was a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, it's still a lot now. Um, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've、um, that you've implemented moving back home to Cambodia? Like, what were some of the big lessons that you took from Seattle, or you took from you know being a mortgage broker, and 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 that you transferred over to to what you're doing now?、Uh, one of the big lessons is, is to actually do your homework.、Um, you know, when you're young, you're just taking all sorts of risks. Uh, you know, you got to understand the market, kind of see what's going on, how you know how interest rate affects home prices and buying power of people.、Uh, you know, even you buy a property, like、uh, are, are you gonna be able to sell it at what you thought you would,、um, you know, based on market condition? So, you know, I admitted back then, young and aggressive, I was just going for it. You know, my thought was like,、um, you know, single, not married, no kids, so anything happened, I'm good. Like it's just me. Uh, versus now, when you when you're older, you got a bit more responsibility, so you gotta、uh, be careful with that. Double check your math and make sure you're you're、uh, hedging your risk a bit. So doing that coming to Cambodia, the same thing. You really got to study the market, and you know, like for me personally, coming to a country where it's yes, I'm Cambodian, but it's still new to me. You know, I didn't grow up here, so I have to understand the culture, how things are done, how the market runs, you know, how. The news around the world will affect the、uh, business here. You know, I gotta worry with with people coming to buy. Who would buy?、Uh, so it's just really understanding your your environment、uh, before getting to any investment. So how did you focus on?、Uh, you know, because you mentioned that even though you're Cambodian, you know your your home was the U.S. and it's the U.S. So how did you focus on building relationships and, and growing your network? Once you moved back to Cambodia, like how how did you focus on building that team out?、Uh, you just can't be shy. You just got to get out, get out there, talk to people, people in the industry, and、uh, you know people in the game. You just get to know them, see what they're doing, how they're doing it.、Uh, you just you know mingle with other developers and you know just learn from them, like how what's their vision, what they see, what's their take on on the country. Because you know the cool thing about Cambodia is you got people from all over the world here. You got people from Korea, from Japan, from Thailand,、uh, Singapore. So everyone has a different look, but they're all here for a reason. So you just got to know, like, hey, what's that reason? What brought you guys here? Like, it's it's harder for them, you know. At least I speak the language and have some understanding. But for them, you know, it's it's, it's definitely foreign to them. But something's drawn to them. So it's it's just a matter of learning、uh, from from each other. 
so you're in the process of of tokenizing real estate what is blockchain technology doing for the real estate world but what it's going to do is the transparency that will bring they'll bring the, that the ability for diversification and um, you know like for developers the liquidity uh and just the ease of transaction so you know for example let's say you wanted to invest in cambodia i'm sure you'd be like but i'm interested but how do i get in you know it's it's you, know, you got to do some research got to talk to people and uh you know even take a trip out to understand what's going on versus using utilizing blockchain you know you can invest right from the comfort of your home just you know go to our website go through your kyc process and after that you fund your account and you're in um so it's really that simple and but with blockchain this thing, like i mentioned earlier it brings you that information um it has been vetted the you know legal team has done their dd on it so everything's there for you to study uh you know the performance the you know the occupancy rate um so you know all that is, is there for you to see are there any unique benefits that your token holders can enjoy uh, for us it depends on the level of investment so let's say you're coming in at uh 250,000 you'll have some free night stays we'll organize tours for you um to the to Angkor Wat which is you know the the main temple that that's what Kimur is known for uh and then we'll also open you for other investment opportunities um you know so you can you know explore and be be a part of something that you know some exciting projects it could whether it be a resort type project or office buildings or condominium so imagine saying yeah I own part of a condo building in Cambodia you know that's sounds pretty exotic to me exactly exactly i mean and just listening to your story man and listening to your past you know you're no stranger to entrepreneurship and taking risk um you know and making big investments so you know is is entrepreneurship an interest and a skill set that you've kind of always had um that you were born with so to speak or is it something that kind of developed over time I would say it's something that de- developed over time. Um what definitely helped was my parents. Um they hustled, you know. It was, for them it's the reverse. They came from Cambodia going to the States and that was foreign to them. Uh you know, speaking very little English and you know, in a country that is just they don't know the culture and they got to learn everything and start their life over there. Uh so you know, when I was young, I would I barely saw my parents. They had to work two jobs each, you know, just to support us. Um, you know, I remember we were living in a house with like three different family, uh, you know, a garage converted to a, a bedroom and whatnot, and all this just to to save. Um, so you know, seeing my parents hustle like that and sacrificing their time with you know, my brother and I to work to support us, uh, that definitely was an inspiration and you know something I hold dearly to this day. It's like they they hustled you know for for our family to have a good life. Uh, so that definitely was a big influence on me. um and then seeing them you know we got there in 1981 and by 1988 they were able to save enough to to buy their first gas station um so they bought that and you know even then my dad was working the night shift uh you know it, it was located in downtown seattle so you know sometimes the night shifts got some tough crowds but he did it and you know from there on he went on to purchase another one and another one and eventually we had about uh, five gas stations at one point Um so seeing how my parents grew their business and just put in that time 
and just pure hard work, uh, you know, that definitely was an influence and uh, pushed me to become an entrepreneur myself also. That's incredible, man. I mean, and, you know, buying gas stations, I mean, that's one of the coolest things and that's one of the coolest things I heard. And it's, uh, you know, basically everybody needs that. That's a, that's a, I don't know if that's considered a commodity, but yeah, that's something everybody needs. Yeah. Um, so it seems like early on you understood the importance or the benefit of like having your money work for you or, or creating some, some sort of passive income. How important is that to you today to have, um, you know, just multiple streams of income as well as sources of passive income? It's definitely important. Um, let's say you go into, to, you know, what I do, real estate development, you're building a building, but sometimes it takes two, three years out before you even see a profit. You know, yes, you can sell, pre-sell and whatnot, and there's payment schedule, but all that's going towards the construction of the project. So if you're hedging that with some passive income, like having a rental properties uh, or, or other business, it, you know, you definitely cash flow to live every day. Um, so it is important and it, it became even more clear to me during the, the uh, pandemic mm -hmm. uh, with all the travel restrictions, investors were coming in, tourists were coming in. So, you know, our occupancy went down, revenue went down and it was a tough, you know, it was tough to get by. I mean, you know, let's just be frank about business. Like there's ups and downs, and that definitely was a downtime. And you know, now that I think about it, like if didn't have any rental properties to support the, the cash flow, it, it would have been even worse. So yeah. having a passive income is, is definitely a must. It's is to hedge your risk. Let's say for anyone wanting to get into to a new business, they gotta hedge that somehow to make sure that they're safe. Exactly. I mean, and is that something that you're still focused on today, even though the travel restrictions have been lifted and, you know, vaccines are um, being administered? Are you still focused on growing that passive income, growing your real estate rental property portfolio? That's that's definitely part of the plan. Um, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm able to travel between here in the States um, easily. So, you know, with the U.S., there are some benefits like you can leverage uh, where interest rates are definitely a lot cheaper uh, over there versus, you know, Cambodia, where, you know, let's say your average interest rate is around 8% or so per annum. Uh, so if I'm able to leverage there, buy properties, uh, you know, at a good price and get some rental, why not? Uh, it's a good way to hedge it. It's a good way to get in and, you know, less cash out of pocket, but still make some passive income and benefit from the, the appreciation of the, the property. So it's basically a win-win all around. Um, so yes, even though there's no restriction and whatnot, uh, we just don't know what the future holds. So definitely it should be part of the business plan. It is part of mine. So, you know, when you're coming back to the States and you're looking for rental properties, do you like to focus on like still in that Washington, Seattle, Bellevue area, or do you like to go to the middle of the country? What What, what is your uh, preference now at this point? At this point, my preference is it's, um, I would say Bellevue. I mean, the metro area, so like Bellevue, Kirkland, um, and, you know, even Seattle itself has been growing. I, I see SeaTac, Tequila, Kent, uh, all came up. Um, and even Tacoma is coming up. So I, I would consider those. Um, and I would look at the price range. Let's say we can pick up a property, exit out, you know, to flip it around 
500, 600,000, I think that hits the bigger market versus you go to your $2 million range, which is your Bellevue, you know, East side area, it's more targeted towards, let's say a couple making 200,000 plus a year. Um, so you just gotta see, you know, where the risk appetite is, uh, selling a $2 million home versus half million, which one can be faster. Um, so I would look at those areas, but at the same time, I also look in California, uh, but I wouldn't go to your, you know, LA Beverly Hill type. It's, you know, you're talking about six, seven million type homes. Uh, I would rather go play out in Palmdale, Lancaster, and uh, right now the, the Joshua Tree area, Palm Spring area is, is, is coming up too. And those you can get in for around 100K. Um, so then you have more more strategies like, hey, don't want to keep it as a rental, Airbnb, or do I flip it? So definitely a lot more options. And and same thing is about hedging your risk. Like if nothing happens, worst case, you get a loan for, from the bank for 100, 200K, and then, you know, you're still okay. So it's an easier exit. Yeah, no, man, that's incredible. And just kind of um, how you look at it and how you speak about it, I can tell you're experiencing this in like your season and you've done this, you know, quite a few times. Like it's definitely not your first rodeo. Yeah, yeah, definitely went through it all. Um, learned a lot, a lot of pain also, some losses, but you know what, it, it made me who I am today. How do you define success as an entrepreneur? I would define it as reaching your goal. Um, so you know, everyone's going to have a different definition, but let's say for me is to be able to not have to work or to to worry like, hey, when's that next paycheck coming? So if I'm able to to provide and you know the goal that I set for myself, which is like, hey, I want multiple streams of incomes. I want to be in real estate, all aspects of real estate. And if I hit those, then to me that is success. And, you know, what would you say is the most important reason for your success up until this point? Definitely the support, support from the family and, you know, the loved ones. Um, you know, in, in business and networking, you'll meet a lot of people, uh, you know, in, you know, the, the fact that I do business in the state and also in Cambodia, like the world is just huge. You know, when growing up in the state, that's all I knew. But by coming out of here, I'm able to travel to how many different countries? It's just a hop, skip away. You know, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam. I, I've been all around here. And you get to see like just how big this world is and how many different culture. Um, so, you know, all that played into a part of, of the business that I do. Incredible, man. How would you like for people to remember you and the company that you created? Uh, I, I would say, well, haven't had that kind of question. <laughs> I think maybe like as someone that wanted to help the country that got out of the comfort zone, you know, of living in the States and go to a country where it's growing um, and to be able to contribute back and to help people and not just build buildings for pure profit, but in, you know, at the same time, uh, just doing good for society. Uh, you know, CSR is is a big part of what we do too. Um, helping the people out, uh, helping you know those with not so much. Um, so I would say, with with our business, is I want to be known and remembered as helping society. Incredible, man. And you know, final question: What does the future of Naki Group and NakiTokens.com look like to you? 
uh, with, with with the tokenizing, I I really believe that it's going to open a, the door to a whole different world. Uh, you know, people in the token world and um, that want to get into real estate that don't know how yet or don't understand yet, and those that who you know, even those that are in real estate in the states that want to broaden what they do overseas, I think through tokens will open the door for them. Uh, they'll minimize the risk. It's the ease of access. Uh, and there's a um, number of projects we got lined up here. Uh, anything from, you know, resort development to affordable housing. Uh, so there's things we got lined up um, that will definitely be interesting for, for uh, all types of investors. Um, so we're going to continue to work on that, create the projects, create, um, you know, more opportunities for people. Uh, and through tokenizing, I believe we can make that happen and just open that door for a whole pool of investors. And, and that give us the opportunity to just, you know, take, uh, you know, have a bit more fun and, and go a bit more crazy and and just try to find unique things for our, for our projects. That's incredible, man. Vez, thank you so much for your time today, man. I, I enjoy getting a chance to speak with you. And uh, just to learn just to learn more about the importance of experiencing different cultures, um, you know, having multiple streams of income and really having a mission to help and give back to your country and, and really impact the people. So thank you for your time today, man. Michael, thank you for having me.